praise God. I showed you that because it was a good example of unity. Unity. It, uh, how many of you ever seen Drumline? It's a good movie. Good movie. Yeah, like six times. And y'all remember Nick Cannon, whose name was Devin? He had to, he faced some challenges, but he overcame those challenges. He got a scholarship to the school, and through the school, um, he couldn't read music, which was his challenge, which was one of the things. And he got along good until somebody found out that he could not read music. And so he had to overcome the challenge of learning how to read music. He even was getting bribed to go to another school because he was just that good. Just that good. Even with the, um, the uh, 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 band instructor or who was over the van, he, he had an issue. His issue was that he didn't, want, he didn't want to do some of the music, and, but he wanted to pep it up. And so the, with the scene that you just saw was uh, a, the last scene to where they had finally beaten their rivals. And they beat their rivals through coming together. You saw how it was, it was just one sound, one beat, one sound. That was unity. They had to work together to get there. And the moral of the story is the fact that um, uh, tends to be, we acknowledge the fact that as a group, we are better than by ourselves. As a group, we are better together than by ourselves. Not only that, as you can see, when everybody went together in unity, they won. And, the, and, and what it was, they were winning, I think it was like a $50,000 scholarship for the school. So everybody won because they decided to come together in unity. And so this is what I want to talk about on today. I want to talk about unity. I want to talk about as one we stand. As you notice, they were marching together. They lifted up their legs together. They dropped the sticks together. Everything was as one. And when they came together as one, their voice and what they did roared and won them the victory. So let's turn to Ephesians 4, 1 and 7. Ephesians 4, 1 and 7 from the Amplified Version says, Therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, I, therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you and beg you, to walk, to lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to summons to God's service. I want to stop right there. We all must understand that we are called. Say to yourself, I'm called. I'm chosen. Don't ever let anybody or anything or any situation that you go through make you think that you don't have a call on your life. God looks at you as being important. He has placed certain giftings. He's placed certain abilities inside of you that he wants to pull out. He wants you to begin to use them. It says that, Paul says, I'm summons to God's service. You are summons to the service of God. Whether you desire to recognize it or not, whether you sit down on what God has summoned you to, it doesn't matter. Um, something that came to mind just then is that think about it when you get a summons to go to court what do you do you go to court because if you don't go to court what happens you're going to jail there's going to be a warrant out for your arrest and they're going to consider you to be in contempt of court 
And so if man can summons you and you go, why if not when God summons you that you won't go? When God puts out a warrant, why does he have to go as far as putting out a warrant for your arrest? Why don't you just respond at the first summons? Because he summons you or because you get a summons for court doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Sometimes the summons is just so that you can testify on the behalf of another. And so when God summons you, it may not be for you to be the great. It is for you to testify on his behalf. Why God got to go and put a warrant out for our arrest? Got to send a man to the door. Knock on the door. Oh, that's I'm not going to. He's going to come in. They're going to get swat. Some of you, God been sending the swat after. Because <laughs> you won't come willingly. Summons to God's service. You've been summons. Don't sit down on what God has called you to. Don't sit down on it. The kingdom has need of you. Point to yourself, the kingdom has need of me. Say that. The kingdom has need of me. Summons. Let's go to the next verse. It says, living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness. Meekness means unselfishness, gentleness, mildness. With patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. It is hard sometimes to bear with someone else. I don't know. But see, y'all sitting there like, okay, it's, no, it's, it's not easy sometimes. Sometimes I want my way. Do you all want your way sometimes? But it says living. I hear Robert over there. Robert, we want our way. But it says unselfishness, gentleness, and mildness, gentleness, patience, patience. It takes God to work patience inside of you, making allowances for one another. Sometimes we don't want to make allowances for one another. We're so busy pointing out other people's faults and other, what other people aren't doing. What are you not doing? What are you not doing? It was, sometimes you got to make allowances for some folks. Because they're going to pluck your last nerve. They're going to rub you the wrong way. But you don't know what they're dealing with. So we got to make allowances. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 3. Be eager and strive for or uh, uh, strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the spirit. It's produced by the spirit and the binding power of peace. You got to guard it. You got to strive for it. It doesn't come by happenstance. It just doesn't wake up one morning and there's unity. There's oneness. It just doesn't happen overnight. It's not harmony. When you saw the band, it showed harmony. It showed a oneness. Let's go to the next verse. Did I put another verse up there? It says, therefore, um, there is one body, one spirit, and I'll explain that later on, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you received. Next verse. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. 
Y'all serving another God in here? One God of us all who is above all and pervading all and living in us all. The same God that's in you is the same God that's in me. It's not one in you and one in me. He's enough to go around. So let's think about unity. Um, let's go back to, to uh, verse 3. That's where I'm going to really be looking at. It says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness. Unity is important. Is because if God says it's important, this is him, this is Paul speaking, but he's saying that harmony is important. If, if, if unity is important to God, then it must be important to us. If walking in harmony and walking in the oneness is important to God, then it must be important to us. How, why do I know that it's important to God? Why? Because who did he kick out of heaven? He kicked Satan out of heaven because he was creating what? Disunity. And disunity is the opposite of unity. He was up there creating a havoc. He was selfish. He wanted to gather some people to himself. He wanted to say, look, this is me. I can do this better than God. God said, look, since you think and you're coming up here and you're creating discord, you're creating disunity, you're creating a division, God said, get out. Get out. So it was important to God for unity so much so that he kicked out the person who was creating the, the, the discord and the division. And so it's important, it should be important to us to stay in unity. And I, unity is the condition, let me have my uh, definition up there. Unity is the condition maintained by a group of individual units. It's a condition, condition. That's maintained. It doesn't mean that you do it today and you don't do it tomorrow. You have to maintain it. That's why it says working earnestly to maintain the harmony, working hard. You got to work at this thing. You got to work at bringing your mind into harmony with your body. Wait a minute. Hold on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What if your, your legs decided that they didn't want to walk, that they didn't work and want to work in unity with the rest of your body? You'd be through. Your right leg says, I'm going this way, and your left leg says, I'm going that way. You're going to look a mess. And it is the same thing in the church. We have to walk in unity in the body of Christ. We cannot just be doing our own thing and going in separate ways. We are more better together than we are apart. Your body functions better when it's working in harmony. Your car functions better think of it like this let your car not be in a line one one what, what's gonna happen you get ready to break oh come on my man know here you're gonna have a mess on your hands you're gonna be trying to fight to keep it on the road here it is your steering wheel is like this and you're going straight when your steering wheel is like this it means like you should be going this way right so they say that you need an alignment and there are times that we need to align. We need an alignment in the body of Christ. We need alignment in our own personal lives because God wants us to be in unity. It's an expression of harmony. It's the quality or state made one. The state of being joined together or in agreement. Unity. Talk to somebody and say unity. Let's look at a scripture. 
You saw uh, uh, Nick Cannon. You saw the, the movie clip. My first point is our voice roars and rumbles in our unity. In our unity. Okay, this is what I want to do. A little example here. This group over here, y'all just, y'all just start saying hallelujah as loud as you can. Hallelujah. Keep on. Hallelujah. I don't know where y'all at. Y'all gonna fall in somewhere. <laughs> y'all keep on, keep on, keep on. Y'all over here just say my God. Come on. This over here, y'all should be saying how. Say louder, my God. My God. Is there any unity? It's just noise. And at some particular point, y'all are saying, well, y'all be quiet. Come on, one accord. So now let's all say hallelujah together. Hallelujah. Come on. Say it louder. 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 My God, when you come on one accord, you see how the impact was made when all of us came on one accord versus when this group over here was saying hallelujah and this one over here was saying, my God, you really couldn't hear what was going on. But when you came onto one accord, you began to say, and, and when you began to say hallelujah on one accord, it got louder. Did you hear how loud it got? Because we were on one accord. It says that our voice roars and rumbles in our unity. Unity of mind. We became unified in our mind. Let's turn to Romans 15 and 6. Romans 15 and 6 says that together you may unanimously with united hearts and one voice praise and glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one what? With one what? And we're going to do what? One. One voice. One. One. As one, we stand. As one, we stand. Good example. Our voice rumbles in our unity. It says when we come on one, our one voice prays and glorifies God the Father. But when you're walking in disunity, I don't see where it says if your voice, but it says there's one voice. So it means that you must be joined with someone else to create that one voice. Am I right? One voice, you're going to praise and glorify God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the next point. The next point is God's know, God knows the church will be weak when it is just disjointed. We're going to be weak. Diana, come here a second. Gay, come here. Can I borrow you a moment? Slide over this way. Y'all lock arms. Let me see which one I want to work with. So, they're joined together. I don't want to join you, but I want to pull you. I want to pull you. You see what happened? You ain't supposed to move. <laughs> Come back down there. 
can't pull. It's hard for me to pull because they are joined together. Now unloose your arm. You, keep yours together. You see how easy it is when she's not joined to the rest of the group? You see how easy it is to dislocate her from the rest? God is saying that, get back over there, yeah. She was weak. As long as she stays connected and with someone, she's strong. But the moment let go, the moment she let go, you see how weak she becomes and I can pull her away? God is saying that he needs, thank you. God is saying that he wants us to stay joined together. No matter what challenges we face, we have to stay connected. We have to stay connected to the body. We got to stay connected to one another. Because as long as we allow the enemy to pick us off and allow us to become disjointed or, or stray away or not connected with, with the flock and not connected with the body, it's easier for him to work with us. See, I could have took Diana and went on and took her out the door and we could have had some lunch, right? But as long as she was connected, they gave and my man was saying, I'm going to stay here. So as long as she was there, I could not easily pull her away. So my encouragement to you is to say God knows the church will be weak when we are disjointed. We got to stay together no matter what happens, no matter what challenges. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and 10. Let's let's look at uh, uh, the word of God to clarify this. It says um, he planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify what? All things. Unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ. Both things in heaven and things on earth. As you can see, it's saying that maturity of the times to unify all things. He wants us to stay together. Unify, unity, unity, unity. No, no matter what comes, don't disconnect. No matter what you're going through in your life, don't disconnect. A lot of times the enemy would have us when we're going through our own personal challenges to stay away. But that's the time you need to come. That's the time you need to read the word of God. That's the time you need to pull on your brothers and sisters so that together you can receive some strength. Together. You can make it. Next point. Next point is Christ is our example of unity. Let's look at Philippians 2. Philippians 2, it says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, selfishness. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Um, let me just put a, a plug in or a pause right here. Disunity comes because of the mere fact we're selfish. We want our way. We want it our way. And a lot of times um, it's because we are regarding ourselves more important, what we want more important than what someone else wants. How many of you walk around and say, well, I'm going to put them first? You see, the, okay. Y'all made me go here. Y'all in the grocery store. You got two items. You got two items. But the lady behind you has a basket full, two baskets full. 
Do you look back at <laughs> Sister Nikki said, mm-mm. Do you look back at her and say, well, go ahead, ma'am. I only got two items. No, y'all like, no. <laughs> no. So what now? Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, we that's that's easy. But why not do it the other way around? I mean, you 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 understand we 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 put unity or we put unselfishness in our own terms. Y'all get what I'm saying? You understand? See, prime example, y'all like, yeah, if she had two items and I had two baskets, yeah, she could go. That's easy. But it's hard when you only have those two items and somebody back here has a boatload of stuff, a boatload of problems, a boatload of situations. It's hard for you to put them forth. It's hard when they're going through and they saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. It's hard for you to put your own self behind and say, you know what? I'm going put what I'm going through over here and I'm going to come and deal with this person over here. Selfishness. Y'all see how y'all kind of flipped that on me? <laughs> yeah. Because in our mind, that's what I'm saying, even in our mind, we have to bring our mind in unity. Unity means we got to come out of our selfishness. I'm not selfish. Well, why ain't you? Let a man examine himself. I ain't calling you selfish now. But let a man examine himself. Everybody's selfish. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for being honest. Yes. Christ, our example of unity. Oh, I done got way off. Uh, let's go to the next verse. I'm almost done, y'all. Do not merely look out for your own what? personal interest but also for the interest of others mm -mm -mm. do y'all find yourself in that verse oh my god i got a whole bunch of great wonderful lovely put everybody first people in here i find myself in this verse there's sometimes that folks rub me the wrong way and i'm not looking out for their personal interest prime example is What I miss? What I miss? Prime example is, think about it. You on your job. Promotion time comes. You qualified and the other person is qualified. It's going to mean a $10,000 raise for you. Woo, Jesus. We're shouting. Boss man calls you in and says, you know what? There was two people that I thought about in giving this $10,000 raise to. You and this other person over here. Do y'all say, ah, well, thank you, I appreciate you considering me, but go ahead on and give the $10,000 raise to her. Do y'all say that? Would you say it? Nope. <laughs> appreciate y'all's honesty. Personal interest. What's your interest? You have to make sure that you're not looking out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. 
I've been there before. And I literally have turned down some promotions. Because I know that this person over here, honestly, the truth be told, I didn't want the responsibility that the promotion gave. So I, y'all come on now. I didn't want the responsibility because I knew the path that God was taking me. See, a lot of times we look at the benefits, we look at the money that is going to give the immediate gratification versus that if we just say, God, look, what is your will in this situation? I turn this over to you and God says, let this go because you may not see in your letting go what blessings that God has in store for you just by you releasing it. Don't look out for your own interests, because when you look out for your own interests, it creates disunity. Let's go to the next verse, verse five. And it says, have this attitude in yourselves, this attitude of God. I want to bless others. I want to put others before myself. Christ did it. And a lot of y'all use the thing. Well, I'm not Christ. He wants us to be Christ like. Does he not? Does your word say be Christ like? Does it say it? Maybe I didn't read it. I don't have my Bible. I was going to try to find it. I think they tore that page out my Bible. He wants us to be Christ-like, have the attitude. Attitude, God, I, I, I want not just to look out for my own interest, but I want to look out for the interest of others. Unity, unity, have this attitude. Let's change our attitude. And this next point, and I'm going to show you a video it says unity is the axle and catalyst of our strength. Now, hopefully this video will show. Hopefully this video will show. Hopefully. Yes. Give me some volume. Give me some volume. Did it stop? Click on it again. When they came together, one, the, 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 the uh, whatever it was, the seagull was able to pick off. If, they, if he would have stood by himself, that seagull would have been able to snatch him up. But because they came together, and if you notice, they summons, hey, come on over here. I need some help over here. They saw the danger circling, and they came together. 
And when the seagull dropped down to attack, they all just reached up and attacked together. Why? Because they were in unity. The same thing with the ant. The ant could have been sucked up by the anteater. That's what I call them, the anteater. But because they joined themselves together, they were able to suffocate. They were able to suffocate the, 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 the uh, anteater. And when we come together, we are able to suffocate the very voice of the enemy. When we come together, we are able to put the, the, the enemy on flee. When we come together in unity and then also with the penguins, I like that part of the penguins. All they did, they didn't move much, but they were all standing there chilling on that little iceberg. They were chilling and saying, look, we're getting us a nice little ride. And they saw the enemy circling. And if if you notice, not all of them looked in panic. All of them was like, dit, 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 and they all just shifted to the end of the iceberg, to where the iceberg came up. See, a lot of times when the enemy comes to create disunity, we get frustrated. We, we're like, what are we going to do? We're like, what's going to happen? They didn't do anything. They stood together and just shifted. And that's what we have to learn to do when we're faced with challenges, when we're faced with trying to, for unity, our unity to be destroyed, we have to just shift to another area. So tell somebody shift. And my last point is our unity invokes a shaking in the heavenlies and causes movement in the earth realm. Genesis 11 and 6. Genesis 11 and 6. It says, and the Lord said, who said? Behold, they are one people. And they have all one language. They are all what? And they all have one what? It says, and this is the, oh, this is only the beginning the beginning of what they will do because they came together as one and now nothing they have imagined there is only this is only the beginning of what they will do and now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them when we come together as one, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish. When we come together as one, there's nothing that's impossible. Matthew 18 and 20 says, for wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as followers in my name, there I am in the midst when they're gathered when they're gathered open altar worship center I encourage you let's come together in unity open altar worship center let's stand as one no matter what challenges we face let's stand together as one not looking out for our own interest, but looking out for the interest of others. And when we look out for the interest of others, it means that we can do nothing but go up higher. 
Matthew 18 and 19 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. And again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree, harmonize, come into unity with, Make a symphony together. Whatever, whatever. What's your whatever on this morning? Anything and everything they may ask. Anything and everything that they may ask. Woo! Anything. Is there anything too hard for God? Anything and everything. Hey, God. Anything, get that in your mind. Anything and everything will come to pass. And it will be done when we come together. Let's stand to our feet. Let's go back to where it says one body. As one we stand as one we stand one body one spirit one hope one Lord one faith one baptism and one God I'm not going to do an altar call today but what I want everybody in this room to do I want us, even if we got to move out of our seats, I want us to all grab hands together. There should be no broken links. And if I can get my young people in here as well, no broken links, no broken links. No broken links. God as one we stand 